Hello and welcome to Mash Mouth, a podcast covering each and every episode of the hit 1970s sitcom, Mash. I'm Ethan. And I'm Vanessa. Vanessa, how are you doing today? I'm pretty okay. How are you? I'm okay. You know, I feel like we haven't talked in a little bit, so it'll be good to uh, record this episode and kind of catch up while we do, I guess. I don't know how much I have to say about this one in particular, so I... uh... I'm I'm very interested in how our discussion will go. Yeah, it was kind of a it was a short, quick, little fun little episode. This one. I have some thoughts, but we'll get into them more as we go. So for now, uh, Vanessa, why don't you explain what this episode was? This episode was called Requiem for a Lightweight. So in this episode, when a nurse Hawkeye and Trapper are both really interested in in pursuing, um, she's actually transferred to a different unit. And to get her back, they have to win this crazy boxing match. So it's really fun. I wasn't super into this one. Really? I'm very curious what your your kind of thoughts were, but I didn't quite for lack of a better word, vibe with this one, you know? <laughs> yeah. When I first watched this, like, months or, like, two years ago at this point, I remember this being, like, the first episode that I really kind of tuned out of. Before I get into more of a negative territory, why don't you explain, like, what are you some things that you liked about this one? So I don't have, like, too much to say about this episode. I think that this... I, I actually said in my notes uh, when I was watching it, this really follows the... Typical 1970s, uh, you know, just sitcom, cutesy, funny humor that was kind of pervasive for all sitcoms at the time, I feel. You know, not a lot of plot happened, not to, like too much controversy, nothing, you know, really crazy. But I wanted to note that, like, for me watching this episode, it's really funny to go back and see how lighthearted these episodes were. I think the whole show on you know, is pretty much lighthearted. Like overall, it's pretty lighthearted. But going back, you can really see how uh, how the show was more of a sitcom at this time. I think I mentioned that in either, you know, in a few episodes back, but this was truly like sitcom territory here. And it's funny to see it now. I think that was my kind of major issue with it. I know we're very early on in the show so it's still kind of finding its footing and finding its identity but this in particular this story felt just kind of it could happen in any like older sitcom uh like it didn't really have to be about these characters even kind of the boxing match to get her back to the mash unit like you could see that as a different show being like oh well i want to win this boxing match to impress her Obviously, the kind of way that the girl is treated in this one is kind of dated, but what kind of makes it uninteresting is that, like, the girl isn't even that interesting either. Like, she's just kind of cute and new, so they're like, oh, I want to hang out with her for for <laughs> to keep it PG. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I like this one still. Like, I wasn't, like, hot on it, but... Still some good lines and good jokes like in there. <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. Even at like its most kind of uninteresting for me, uh, still, you know, pretty solid television for what it's worth. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I, I'm, I'm on board with that analysis. Um, just to kind of showcase what I thought was really fun. There were some good lines in this one. For example, at the beginning when they're going to see this nurse, uh, and she's packing up to leave. Hawkeye says, 
darling, packing is for leaving. To stay, you have to un like unpack <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i thought that was like incredible i was like whoa that's a good one <laughs> it's a, like hard to explain because i'm not alan alda and i can't deliver it like alan alda <laughs> but i like so many like good lines in this one like when they're preparing for the boxing match and like they're telling stories of the heavyweight guy and they're like oh he punched a jeep and Trapper just responds like, Hawkeye, this guy can knock out a Jeep. Yeah. Like, (laughs) full of weird lines like that. That's so funny that you bring that up, too, because I actually, I, um, I was just thinking about that, too. This kind, the, the subtle humor is really what I love about this show and sitcoms in particular is that these aren't, like, super funny moments. They're not, like, you're not gonna belly laugh at these, like, stupid one-liners, but it's... It's so funny and it's like the wit is there and it really is what I love about just about this show and sitcoms in general. My my favorite line <laughs> and what made me think of this is when um, they're introducing the boxing match. Uh, Father Mulcahy introduces the boxing match uh, between this huge guy and trapper and he says weighing 175 pounds speaking about trapper all of it heart. And I was just like, that's just so, (laughs) it made me chuckle. And it just, I just love that. This show has really nice, modern feeling, kind of like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel kind of one-liners to it. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing kind of in that vein that I wanted to bring up, because I was actually like paying attention to the credits of this episode. And in the opening credits, it's like produced by Gene Reynolds and then like executive script consultant Larry Gelbart. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like in the 1970s, they didn't quite have like showrunners yet or like how we kind of produce TV now. So it's just interesting the kind of wording that they had to come up with for the guy that's kind of in charge of our show and how it's written is executive script consultant or like executive script revision consultant it was like a very specific (laughs) term that i've never seen anywhere else because i'm so used to like shows now where it's just like the show's run by vince gilligan or whatever you know yeah absolutely i actually didn't notice that that's that's pretty interesting yeah i just always knew that in my head it was like oh those are the showrunners not thinking that like that they weren't considered the showrunners probably at that time that's really funny they didn't quite have that system in place like the idea of the the tv show being an artistic expression of its creator is still a relatively new thing having your head writer have this very specific title where it's like he's not running the show but he edits their scripts to make them all sound like his voice uh (laughs) it's something that i find very fascinating when you go back and they're trying to figure out like okay how do we run a tv show and make it personal to us and i think those one-liners are an excellent kind of example of it because it feels like a guy who's just good at writing those kind of jokes reworking things to have it have this kind of same tone yeah i'd agree with that that that's again that's really interesting that you that you noticed that i i just completely never never even thought about that because i'm a nerd who pays attention (laughs) to credits (laughs) <laughs> I do think that it's funny that MASH kind of ushered in that like golden age of television kind of thing. I don't know, like, you know, I don't know the specific dates or whatever, but it kind of it was right before that 
the sitcoms and the shows and stuff like that that everyone talks about still. So what were your thoughts, like, to get more into the meat of the episode, what were your thoughts on the actual boxing part of it? The boxing part was pretty fun, I will admit. Just this fact that this man is just a giant wall of meat is was funny to me and he didn't even have like a line he was just silent and again for a 1970s show how it shot is still surprising me like the low angles where you can see like the ceiling you never see the ceiling in sitcoms just in this boxing ring showing how huge this guy is and their whole game for uh, winning the boxing match is to put ether on the glove so he smells it <laughs> and like passes out, but they can't do that because like Frank's a jerk and swapped out the ether for water. Um, so the whole fight, he's not trying to actually hit him. He's just trying to get the glove near him is like absurd. It's so like it's so bizarre <laughs> and they even say there the uh general general barker is the general who is on the side of the other fighter and he says to henry during the fight he's like that's a." it's he said something like it's that's an unconventional way of fighting because trapper literally just has his boxing glove out trying to like shove it in the guy's face like smell this smell my boxing glove basically and it, it visually on screen it looks very funny it looks very bizarre <laughs> this was a pretty good episode like <laughs> yeah in hindsight like, right <laughs> man you know like god forbid god forbid that a sitcom be carried by its jokes you know like <laughs> yeah this didn't have like a deep discussion worthy topics but it's still like a pretty fun episode where you get to see the characters just kind of hang out and you know cause mischief um like, again, it would have been, like, nicer if we continued the, the like, noble goal that they tend to have in these first two episodes we talked about. Like, this one, they, forgive my French, they just want to, like, bang a nurse. Like, that's what they <laughs> want to do in the episode. And I wish that it was a little stronger, like, conflict-wise, but it's fine. Like, it's a 70s sitcom. Yeah, I'm actually going back uh, and watching some other old sitcoms. And just, like... I don't know if it's the same now because I don't I don't typically watch old or uh, I'm sorry I don't typically watch newer sitcoms as much but 26 episodes for shows like you have to fill a lot of space <laughs> so yeah this was obviously a kind of a kind of a filler episode it wasn't really establishing anything except that Hawkeye and Trapper are kind of dogs but um I wanted to touch back on the fighting and the boxing aspect of it uh, I thought it was interesting that it was brought up so early in the show because because it is referenced a couple of times throughout the series. Oh, really? Yeah. They have, do they have multiple boxing matches? Let, let me backtrack a little bit. So Father Mulcahy's in this episode. Um, and is it actually a different actor playing Father Mulcahy than it was the first I episode? That. Yeah. It, so William Christopher is Father Mulcahy. He plays him throughout the rest of the series. He is actually, he's promoted to the main cast in the later episodes. I noticed it. It was really funny. Um, in the pilot episode, the actor who plays Father Mulcahy kind of almost looks like William Christopher. And I was like, they could be like cousins. That's kind of strange. So anyway, so the Bob 
boxing, um, in the later episodes with more of Father Mulcahy's backstory, he's very much into boxing. And I won't really spoil it, but it's a very big part of who he is. And I thought it was really cool that they established that... Um, that he trained kids. Yeah, and that he it was already established that he knew about boxing and was a fighter. Um, and that just goes to my also like love of this show, of course, about how the continuity is so interesting because again like a lot of the times things like that are dropped um there is not much continuity in older episodes of sitcoms just because certain things just don't work out but it was really cool to see that father mulcahy having fighting in his life as a big thing was established in episode three of the entire series so i thought that was really cool i do love stuff like that as well like watching kind of anything where you're not expecting it to be this like ongoing storyline thing certain characters will have development and then you go back and knowing their kind of backstory and like who they are better with the information from the later episodes when you can go back and be like oh that's why this person acted like a jerk in their first appearance it's because like their whole backstory it makes the full series better when you can kind of look at a character in retrospect with everything you learn that's cool that that's in here too because you know in my head every 70 sitcom everything resets uh Every like older sitcom, everything is kind of in a vacuum. I am very intrigued by how you say that there is this character development and this is this very established uh, component of this very minor character so far. That makes this episode cooler. The more you know, right? The more the more you know, you you the start out you and t- you start out not really liking the episode, and then you talk about it, and it's like, wow, I do like this episode. I did that a lot with a couple of shows. Um, so I wanted to pivot real fast to um, we wanted to discuss a little bit of like the treatment of women, I guess, in this episode. Um, I had some notes about how welcome to our annual mash is somewhat dated, but that's okay. <laughs> Corner. Welcome. It's every I guess it's episode. Not anu- maybe. I guess it's not annual if it's every single episode, but um I had a I had um really just thoughts on Margaret's character, but I wanted to know what you thought. You had actually mentioned it um about the I guess the treatment of the nurse, even though I, I didn't think it was too bad. Oh no, it's not bad. It's just the fact that she's nothing. Like there yeah. isn't a character for her. She's just like a cute new girl. <laughs> and like she serves that purpose well like she is cute but like she doesn't have kind of anything to her to make her like an actual character and like that's what i don't think that a modern sitcom would do even if doing like this oh we have to impress her we have to get her backstory i think most shows would kind of try to have her be a little more complicated than just like hey i'm here I'm going to leave. Bye. And then she comes back and they're like, all right, cool. Uh, (laughs) I like at the end when, you know, Hawkeye is very much the the main guy. Like he is the Mm -hmm. leader. And then because Trapper got beat up in this uh, boxing match, the girl pays more attention to Trapper because of course she would. Uh, (laughs) And Hawkeye is just like, oh, no, I screwed up. Good bit. Good ending. It's really funny to me that you say all that. And then I knowing the show, she actually comes back for most of this season, this character. Oh, really? So, yeah, this is oh, her first great. introductory episode. Um, And she is more of 
Hawkeye's love interest throughout season one. She's not in the later episodes, but just throughout this season, she is, she's a character. Okay. I, we should actually name her. She's not an unnamed character. Her name is, uh, her name's Lieutenant Cutler, Margie Cutler. I actually have some fun facts, but I'll wait to, for our little trivia section. <laughs> okay. My thoughts about women and this episode uh, really kind of comes back to Margaret and it's no secret. I love this character. And most people I feel are like, why? But <laughs> so Lieutenant Cutler actually gets transferred because Margaret says that she is a distraction to the doctors. And I didn't really like how that was dealt with. Like Margaret has a lot of uh, hypocrisy and um, like kind of, I guess, like internalized sexism is what you'd call it in the earlier episodes. Especially for the 50s. Yeah, like, absolutely. I'm sure that's just a thing that women had to deal with. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it, it's it's definitely more, I guess, like insidious in this episode and earlier episodes too. But throughout the whole show, Margaret does not like when the doctors go after her nurses. Like she definitely doesn't like it. And it's attributed a lot to, again, this hypocritical kind of like internalized sexist aspect of her character. She's, she's sleeping with a married man and she is carrying on an affair and stuff like that. But this does get better throughout the series, I would say. And I thought it was interesting, this this one joke where Trapper calls her Frank's bag. And yes, I noted that, too. I was like, oh, Vanessa's <laughs> going to have some thoughts on that. I didn't think it was like, I, I mean, obviously, like, don't call no, women someone's exchange. bag. But it was funny. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that also reminded me that Margaret does keep her relationships really private, um, or at least she tries to, I would say. Like, it's, it's kind of like an unspoken secret that, uh, you know, everyone knows that she's sleeping with Frank and stuff like that. Um, but she does try to keep her relationships private with Frank and also in later episodes when she's with other people. And I think that without even meaning to, that one joke kind of attributes to why. Um, because she knows that, you know, when you're sleeping with someone as a woman in the 1950s in the army, you're not just a woman sleeping with someone in the army. You're someone's bag. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I thought that that was like me kind of like reading into it a little bit. But the other thing was that Margaret very clearly takes the army very seriously. Like this is her career. This is her job. She obviously obviously doesn't like that Hawkeye and Trapper don't take the army seriously and are very unprofessional and she doesn't like that that causes her nurses to be like human but on like in her mind unprofessional and of course in the army even now there is not a compulsive draft for women so these women these nurses that are here signed up voluntarily like they wanted to go they wanted to do this work and to have these doctors take you know just a complete like these two goober doctors just completely throw doctors. everything to the wind like obviously she takes that very personally and wants her nurses to to do well because they signed up to do well and you don't really see it in this episode but you do see it in later episodes i will say and again not to excuse the hypocrisy or the sexism or anything like that but margaret's character does progress throughout the series you always mention that i know that you love margaret and that you hate her nickname and all this stuff and like i'm still like not sold on margaret like at all like she's just kind of there right now uh so i love hearing you talk about how this character's got depth and it's like what i said uh, a little bit earlier with uh having a character's development how you can look back on their earlier actions be like i understand them better now yeah and you definitely with like looking back um 
on the characters. You definitely see that with Margaret, I feel. Again, it's hard with this show because there are so many episodes, but you really do you really do get it a lot of character development and continuity and stuff later in the show, which I think is just great. Like that's just good writing, I feel. Yeah. And I think especially rare for this time period too because you don't see a lot of that even now in like your basic sitcoms obviously in the more like prestige stuff they kind of build their brand on everything's important and everything's a grand thing but you know you 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 don't watch Big Bang Theory for like the plot it's just like <laughs> there you know yeah absolutely <laughs> I'm very excited to see where all these characters go because I'm sure they're going to grow. And I'm sure this show is going to take some wild turns that I can only imagine right now. I, I can't wait honestly. So I wanted to just do a little bit of quick trivia. Um, it's mostly about the actors in the show. So Sorrel Brook played General Barker in this episode. And Sorrel Brook was actually a Korean War veteran, which I had Ooh. no clue. And he comes back and reprises his role in the next episode. Um, I don't r particularly recall it, but I do know he comes back. He's actually best known for his role as Boss Hog in the Dukes of Hazard, which was another old show. <laughs> ah, everybody's favorite show about southern boys i've honestly never <laughs> seen an episode me neither me neither but um mash is really well known for introducing actors and uh yeah actors and actresses at the during that time period of like the 70s 80s 90s that made their like almost like their first appearances on the show as guest stars when they were first starting out even though this uh Sorrel Brook was a was already an established actor it's just interesting that this is gonna be one of the first like you know, guest stars of the long list of many, many stars of that era that to come on the show. I know we have Ron Howard coming up. I'm, yes. I'm very excited. <laughs> I love Ron Howard in all forms. Modern day Ron Howard, teenager Ron Howard. <laughs> Give it to me all. I love that. that Baby Opie Ron Howard. Oh, the yeah, best. Yeah, boy. So and then the next one actually uh, going along with this uh, is Marsha Strassman. She plays Lieutenant Margie Cutler. Strassman is best known for her role as Julia Cotter in Welcome Back, Cotter, uh, which is another oh. sitcom, another old sitcom that I've seen episodes of that I enjoy. It's really old, Does though. Does have so. John Travolta? <laughs> it did. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice. like John Travolta's sitcom. Yeah. So and another fun f little fact about her is that she was born in NYC, but she was raised in Passaic, New Jersey. And Ethan and I are both Jersey trash. So we've got a Jersey yeah, girl on the show. Boy. Love it. Love it uh, so love much. It too. Fun fact for everyone outside of New Jersey. Every actor you ever liked is secretly from New Jersey. <laughs> Jack Nicholson, Meryl Streep, you name them. We got them. It's more than just Danny DeVito and Kevin Smith. Everybody's secretly from new jersey yeah or like lived in new jersey for an extended period of time like so many people <laughs> we're cool it's guys we really are <laughs> jersey's better than uh than the jokes make it out i mean it's still not fantastic but <laughs> you know a little bit of a better rap than than people are led to believe absolutely so vanessa with uh our little new jersey rant out of the way do you have any <laughs> final thoughts on this episode um, I just, I just, just that this episode was really cute. I liked the humor. It made me think about why I love sitcoms so much. And this, this was definitely one of the episodes. <laughs> I agree. I mean, like I said, not one that I loved. 
but still had good lines. A lot of good lines in this one that I, I jotted down. So, you know, still a good time. And with everything you mentioned of how all these people, how this episode actually establishes a bit, it's very interesting to see how this one will impact the series going forward even though it kind of feels like, oh, well, we just need to have an episode here. So with all that said, I'd like to give thanks to Jacob Friere Balco for being our technical consultant, Vanessa's sister, Melissa, for our cover art, and of course, our lovely listeners. Still don't have music. Music is hard, but hopefully when this goes out, uh, we'll have a link to whatever track we use as our theme song in the description of this episode. And you can follow us on social media at Valiantly Off Balance and me personally on Instagram and Twitter, if you so prefer, at Ethan was cool. And you can follow me on Instagram at unvanessary. If anyone needs it, just find it through Ethan. Yeah, I'll, I'll, well, we have links. Just <laughs> search. You can find us. So until next time, remember that a horseshoe in a boxing glove is a bit gauche, but ether is subtle. Goodbye, farewell, and amen. Bye, everyone. Bye.